On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, headed for home, a pair of Alberta-born ball players talk about their respective college seasons being shut down because of coronavirus. Welcome to episode 81 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's become abundantly clear the coronavirus pandemic across the world is not going to be resolved anytime soon. As a result, we've seen seasons cancelled and a lot of questions about what this summer might have in store. The last couple of weeks have been the emotional equivalent of a barn burner in baseball with all of the ups and downs, especially for Alberta athletes plying their trade in colleges south of the border. Not only were they dealing with the uncertainty surrounding the baseball, season, but also questions about crossing borders just to get back home. If you head to albertadugoutstories.com, Ian Wilson's written a great piece on just some of the stories we've heard so far. On this edition of the podcast, we're going to start things off with Sherwood Park's Scott Gillespie. The side-arming right-hander was in his senior season with the University of Arkansas at Monticello and is one of four Albertans on that NCAA Division II Bull Weevils roster. Late last week, we not only talked about the abrupt end to the season, but also about the Prairie Baseball Academy grads path in baseball and what's next as he arrived home Tuesday night. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. What's it been like over the last little while here having to kind of deal with the the repercussions of COVID-19 from a Canadian kid's perspective in the U.S.? Uh, well, it's been really interesting because for the longest time there was no cases in Arkansas and we were just still, as, as it just started to get to the U.S., we were still kind of rocking and rolling with our season. But yeah, our team was having some ups and downs, but we were still just focused on uh, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. And then all of a sudden, some more cases started to pop up everywhere. And then finally, I think it was the day before we played our last game, the first case was uh, under investigation or was confirmed in Arkansas. It was in a town about an hour north of where I'm at. And... Uh, so that was when we started kind of thinking about like, okay, well, what's going to happen here? Um, and then as I was saying, and uh, when I was answering the email questions, uh, we just kind of figured, you know, we saw Ivy League get shut down while we were on the way to the game. And then uh, they were talking about D3 shutting completely down um, that day as well. So we were still focused on the game that was in front of us, but we were also kind of going like, well, what's going to be next year? Ivy League shuts down, what's going on? And then that, uh, and then it escalated to we finished the game and we look at our phones and it's, we have an email from the school that said we were moving into online stuff until at least the 30th, which is now the rest of the semester. And then that means all of our athletic facilities were shut down, so our season was suspended. And we just went, oh well, that's not great. And then the drive home, we just found out that it was uh, it had, when uh, the NBA player uh, Rudy Gobert got tested positive. While he was in Oklahoma City, we figured that it was at that point that our entire conference is probably going to shut down itself because we had six teams in Oklahoma and six teams in Arkansas. But as a Canadian kid, uh, it was just surreal to see all all of it happen so fast because we're just for guys like me and uh, Borman, uh, Reese Reading, Reed Olin, Torn Vasilenic, Riley Perch, we're sitting here going, "Boy, we're expecting to be here until May." And maybe even June if our team gets lucky enough to get all to go all the way. 
and then to all of a sudden have it be crammed down to you're going to be going home most likely by the end of March, if not mid-April, was a little wild. How crazy is it to kind of try to pay attention to what's going on with you in Arkansas while at the same time you're also trying to kind of keep tabs on what's happening in your home province? Uh, it's been a little difficult. Um, more or less, I'm not too worried about uh, the way Arkansas is right now. Um, it's easier. I, I'm more just keeping tabs on my hometown right now, see what see what cases are kind of popping up and what everyone's doing. Uh trying to follow what the Alberta Health Services graph is looking like. And uh, from what I've seen, it seems like the curve, especially the Edmonton area, is starting to flatten out, maybe even start dying down. It doesn't seem as as many cases are popping up uh, per day, which is great news, um, and that we just have to keep it going like that. And now, uh, but in terms of where I'm at right now, I just, I'm just making sure that I'm you know, doing my doing all the daily hygiene stuff that you need to be doing. Like I'm washing my hands whenever I'm sneezing or coughing it and, not out into the open um but it's just it's a little more less focused on where i'm at right now and a little more focused on all right what's happening at home give us a bit of a a sense of the tone as the conversations were going on uh, around the locker room um well i think there's there was a lot of questions from the players that we were asking ourselves that we even though we knew none of us could answer them so all we could do is speculate um but our coach stayed on top of it for us, along with our athletic director. Um, I got to give mad props to Coach Harvey with how he handled the situation. Uh, he was very – he didn't beat her – he didn't uh, didn't hide anything from us. He was straightforward with us, sending us – forwarding any emails that came from our athletic director and uh, telling the team straight up what the season was going to go. And uh, he and all the, the amount of empathy that he showed – towards all of us when he had to tell us that Thursday, uh, last week Thursday that our entire season was canceled. Um, I don't think he could not have handled that any better. Um, and I think as much as it allowed, it made all the emotions for all of us players go from super down and then he, he announces that we get a do-over year to super high all within 24 hours. Uh, he couldn't have done it any other way and I wouldn't have wanted him to do it any other way. Uh but it's, it was a little – it still kind of put us in a whirlwind, but I think that was going to happen regardless. How challenging was it from an athletic perspective to sit there and go, okay, we did all this work to get to this point, and now it slips through your hands, or do you kind of take it with a little bit of context afterwards and say it's for the greater good? Uh, it's funny. Uh, we, I mean, we were all – obviously, we were all bummed that the uh, season was canceled because we felt – uh, we were just at a point where stuff was, we were hoping was going to turn around with the uh, kind of struggles that we were going on through in the, that we were going through in the season. But then at the same time, we kind of saw it as a little bit of a blessing. Like, you know, I mean, maybe if it was a little bit for the better, we were on a four game losing streak, something like that. We just weren't playing our best baseball. Nothing was all clicking at the right time. Um, and it's, completely sucks that the season shut down and we couldn't find it and we couldn't uh, see us turn it around the way we wanted it to. But uh, now we, I think it was a few days after the announcement, all of us players kind of got together and we went, all right, this is, we have now just been given uh, eight months to work our way back into being, and and we're going to come back all in the fall. Whoever comes back, we're all going to be in the best shape of our lives. We're going to be playing the best baseball that we've ever played. 
we're we're coming back like we're going to be a force to reckon with. Does it put a little bit of a, a fire under the rear end that way? Is that all of a sudden, you've, uh, I'll call it free time, but it gives you that motivation to step up and say, whenever things do get back to normal and we are able to get back onto the field, we want to put the best product forward and we want to be able to make sure that we are in the running for a championship from the get-go. Uh, it definitely lit a fire under, I think, everyone's uh, butt to uh, get, get to be the best baseball player that they can be. Uh, especially for those guys that uh, that are juniors, and I think they're going to be able to get to, to do over the junior year, and even for the seniors that are going to be able to come back. Um, unfortunately for me, that I won't be one of those guys. But uh, you know, if I if I was able to come back, then I would 100% have been ready to rock and roll by the time we showed back up in August. Uh, but I know that there's a few seniors that are that when they come back, I know they're about to have the best year of their careers. And I would honestly say that there's just about every single one of those players is going to come back and they're going to have career years. So where do you go from here? Uh, I, when I come home, uh, it'll be, hopefully we'll get the uh, summer season rolling uh, relatively on time or, you know, kind of closer to uh, June, uh, as long as everything goes the way it's planned. Um, but then after that, uh, it'll just be going to school, hopefully at the University of Alberta to uh, finish off my degree. What are you majoring in? Uh, I will be taking a secondary education with a major in social studies. Oh, very cool. Uh, let's turn the page a little bit here. We've talked a lot about the coronavirus thing, but we haven't been able to touch base with you on a personal standpoint here. And I always ask this question is, how is it that you managed to get into baseball in the first place, given that we are in a, a hockey and football dominated part of the country? Well, uh, when I was growing up, I, I played hockey forever. Um, but when I was growing up, uh, my parents would always put me in summer sports. And, yeah, I, I played some coach pitch softball in my really younger days. And then uh, I actually moved on into lacrosse because I figured at that point when I was young enough, I was like, I want to do something that's related to hockey year-round uh, because I thought that was what I wanted to do for the uh, rest of my life when I was young, but uh, after about three years of lacrosse, I I was I just really I realized I really enjoyed being outside and I really enjoyed the game of baseball and watching it and uh, wanting to play it. So uh, I asked to go back into baseball, and I was in about I was my first year of U13 was my very first year of baseball, uh, and I mean from the very first practice very first game it was i was in love with it and i just wanted to go out there and have the most fun that i could for however long i played and uh try to be the best player on that field what was it about the game that made you say you know what maybe i can make a post sec career out of this uh i'd say that idea came about when i was uh in my second year of u15 uh, early on, I was playing uh, U15 AAA. Um, that was the highest that, that was the highest team that I had played for at that point, and uh, I was starting to get what I thought would be. I thought I was starting to get pretty good at it, and my dad was being, thinking the uh, same way. And he came forward to me and said, "You know, there's a school in Edmonton that has a baseball academy, and he's talking about St. Francis Xavier, which is where I went to high school." Uh, he said they have a baseball academy. You're getting pretty good at this game, and I think if you go there, you're going to be able to, you know, 
get even better and uh, go further in this game than you think you could. And I kind of sat on that for about two days, and I went, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I, I truly love uh, – at that point, that was when I truly loved the game of baseball more than I was loving the game of hockey. So uh, that was that was my moment of here's where I can go and try to get a post-secondary education out of this game. Who would you say has been integral in your growth, your maturation, and who's really stuck out as an influence to you on the baseball side of things? On the baseball side of things, I would say um, I'd have to thank my uh, U, all my U18 coaches that I had uh, when I was playing for them. I, I played for Josh Bishop, and uh, I played for Matthew Hammond in my U18 years, and uh, they just they really helped with you know, learn, learning how to mature past the high school age. They, they knew that, you know, the game, you can't be this high school kid forever and you got to be able to mature. And, you, and on the baseball side of things, that means you got to start locking it down and making sure that uh, you're trying to be the best player on that field day in and day out. And then uh, in the post-secondary age, I had all of my coaches at uh, Prairie Baseball Academy during my two years there, um, Coach Hubka, uh, Coach Ryan McDonald, Coach Jesse Sawyer, and uh, Coach Shane McKinnis, and Coach Lukey Bear were all just a part of seeing that they they saw the potential that I had, and they wanted to see if they could even burst through the ceiling of potential and discover more that I had. And they uh, they did everything that they could to help me mature on the baseball side of things. Uh, that's where I learned to truly respect the game of baseball and uh, truly respect what it means to. Uh, earn every second of playing time and every pitch that you go out there and throw in a game. You've been able to travel all across this province. You've been able to go down south as well. You've been all over the map. Do you have any favorite memories through your time through baseball so far? Uh, I'd say one of my favorite memories is hands down winning the uh, 2017 CCBC National Championship. Um, I did not pitch in the final game, but I knew I was available. I had actually pitched in the round robin earlier in relief, but uh, that team was special. We had one of the best years PBA had ever seen. Uh, we had one of the best offenses I've ever played for. Our pitching staff was lights out, and uh, it, even though we were blown away teams in regular season and round robin play, when it came to that championship game, we had to walk it off in the uh, 11th inning on a two-out single. And uh, I think there's no better feeling than running out of the dugout as uh, your teammate scores that winning run and you go and mob your got a mob our catcher at first base. Now, we've been able to talk to a lot of guys who tend to try to give back to their communities as well, especially when they go down south, to try to show uh, what it takes to get there. If you had a piece of advice for any young ball players out there who might be listening to the podcast or thinking, maybe I want to take that same route that Scott did, what kinds of things and advice would you give to them? Uh, you just have to accept that there's going to be a lot of highs, but at the same time, for every high, there's probably going to be a low in the game. Um, but you always have to take it in stride, and you always got to stay positive to yourself. Uh, the best thing that uh, I ended up learning over the it was even over this past year was uh, developing even like, whether it was my mental game that I had already, but developing it even more. Uh, the best thing that you can do when stuff is whether it's good or it's bad is just give you continue to give yourself that positive self talk and uh, never take anything for granted. 
Um, you never know when an opportunity is going to come again. And uh, just when, when you've got everything going against you or for you, just keep your positive self-talk and know that when you do that positive self-talk mentally, you're going to feel that you're prepared to do anything. How grateful are you for the game of baseball? Uh, I don't know how I don't know how words can describe that. It's given me uh, the best joys in life. It's given me the best friends that I could have ever had, and uh, it's it just means everything to me. the The game of baseball is everything to me from the moment that I started playing. When you look ahead, how excited are you for that moment where you finally get to step out onto a mound again? Uh, yeah, I look extremely forward to it. Um, Actually, I was I was up in Missouri with a teammate while uh, our uh, season or our school and season was put on hold, and we were hanging out up there. And we went to his junior college, and I threw a bullpen that day because I was just. It had only been, uh, what was it? It had only been about four days that I was itching to start throwing a baseball again and get on that mound. And I know it'll be tough when I get back to Canada to even uh, do any of that stuff until this all kind of starts to mellow out and things start to open up again. But I am more than excited to just get back to throwing and get back on the mound and help in whichever team that I'll be playing for. Uh, hopefully the Edmonton prospects, if our season gets underway, hopefully I can just I can get out there almost every day on that mound and help them win some baseball games. We're looking forward to it as well. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Happy travels and uh, looking forward to seeing you back here in our province soon. All right. Thank you so much for having me and uh, I'm excited to get home in a few days. Next up on the podcast is Graham Bruner. He too is from Sherwood Park and was pitching up a storm for the Barton College Cougars. In six games, the 6'2", 170-pound left-hander went 4-0 with a 1.78 ERA, striking out 47 batters in just 30 innings of work. The Dogs Academy grad finished off his season by being named the Kansas Junior Community College Conference Pitcher of the Week after a 13-strikeout performance in a 12-1 win over Colby. We talked about that and much more a few days ago. Graham, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Glad to be here. Hey, let's start off with the year that you were having because you're garnering a lot of accolades. You were recently named Player of the Week in your division. I mean, things were obviously going pretty well for you. Tell us a little bit about the, the season that you had up until the stoppage. Um, I was going really weird. We really good uh, for us. I was glad we had a really good team. I mean, we slept hot. Everyone was pretty excited and kind of got the news about the season, which pretty much sucked, but... I mean, I'm hoping most of the guys will be back next year with a redshirt opportunity because of the whole virus thing, but I was liking where we were at and we were doing really well, but kind of ended short. On a personal level, what was really working for you from a pitching perspective? Um, felt like everything was doing really well. Uh, I mean, everything was felt like it was connecting right, and some of the pitching, uh, the pitching coach McBride at our school is trying to work on some arm stuff and going back down to where I have been all my life with my arm slot. It was, uh, it was really good, and I don't know how, how much what to say on that part, but I don't know. I, everything felt really good. I was healthy, and I feel like I got a lot stronger from uh, the uh, fall at Barton. So tell us a little bit about sort of the, the sequence of events that led up to the cancellation. Where were you when you found out that uh, everything was kind of going by the wayside and that you would eventually be heading home? Um, well, we were talking about, I mean, it was kind of a before thing. I mean, most of the major leagues were getting shut down. They're like, oh, I mean, we're probably going to be soon. I was actually, uh, it was against Colby. We were, I was pitching. It was about the fourth inning, and 
one of the guys told me, uh, he's like, yeah, our season just got uh, shut down until April 2nd at that point. And I was, I was kind of in shock there, but I mean, we still had a game to win, at least end the season on a good note, tried to. And then me and my roommate were both from Canada and we tried to, uh, we'll see what's going on. Cause I mean, it was not pushed back until April 2nd at that point. And then three days later, they said they're just going to cancel the season. So we got out of there, I mean, quick before the borders would shut down or whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. How challenging was it from a playing perspective? You're sitting there in the middle of a game and all of a sudden it's, uh, your, your ringers are going off. People are starting to realize that, uh, that things weren't as, weren't going to be normal anymore. Um, it, it was kind of, it kind of sucked, but I mean, I tried to end the, the year on a positive note for my side, especially. And then obviously win as a team would be awesome. I mean, we kind of lost the first game there. It's kind of windy, small field, but I mean, I try to go out there and perform my best and try to get a win for the last one of the season and on a good note. Walk us through the last week or so as you've been trying to kind of prepare to get back home and to um, kind of uh, get away from everything that's sort of going on in the world. Well, me and my buddy, we drove up to Manitoba. That's where my roommate was just because planes and airports, I didn't want to go through that whole mess and maybe get caught with the virus or whatever. And then just kind of waited at their house. My parents come pick me up, and I've been trying to find out a way to fucking work out of my house and stuff like that because everything's closed. And throwing's going to be tough, obviously, with the winter conditions out here. It's kind of hard, and obviously not being able to see any anybody to throw with is going to suck. But I'm hoping summer ball doesn't get canceled. Otherwise, it's going to be a really long summer for me. I want to go back a little with you here, and we ask this of all the athletes we have on the podcast. We know hockey and football are the big sports here in Alberta, so when did you start playing and eventually fall in love with the game of baseball? Well, I've been playing since I was five, and I, I mean, I've always liked it. I've got to meet most, I mean, obviously 99% of my friends have been been playing with since I was uh, like five. I've been played against a lot of my buddies I've grown up with. It was really nice. I mean... A lot of my buddies are on Colby. We got to chat with them. It was really nice. But I don't know. I just fell in love with the game. I was, I can, I can do it. <laughs> never big, never been a big hockey guy for pretty expensive sport. But I don't know. I just fell in love with baseball and then played at the prospects for a while and then went down to Okotoks. Fell in love with it more. There, awesome program there, and I always remember that place. And then playing summer ball took off, and and then went to college. <laughs> And obviously, it's worked out pretty well for you. Why Oak Tokes? Um, I mean, I've had some buddies that went down there uh, that I've played with, and they really loved it. And I've played like Team Alberta with a like almost the whole team was dog skies, and always liked them. I mean, they were good, and played against them. And I mean, we couldn't beat them most of the time, so I decided to join them and try to get myself to the next level, and then paid off. I think hopefully, and hopefully, it still will. Why Barton? Um, well, I went to Crowder my first year. I mean, I liked the program, everything. Just didn't work out. And my buddy I played with my high school team, uh, Geeky, he, uh, he's my roommate now at Barton. He uh, went to Barton. He said they liked it a lot, and Barton talked to me, and then I fell, I fell in love with the place. And awesome program and relaxed environment, but you still have to follow the lines and kind of the pitching program. I like it. You let you do what you want, but there's some things that you obviously have to follow. But, I mean, the environment there is awesome and beautiful uh, facilities there, too, also. 
I know you're a pretty young guy still, but any highlights to this point in your baseball journey? Um, obviously, T12. That was pretty awesome to play in the Rogers Center. Turned to triple play this year in the second start of the year. That was pretty awesome, too, for sure. Triple play is pretty sweet. Um, not, not much else, really, I can think of. Walk us through that triple play, because that's something you don't see every day. Um, well, there's a guy on first and second, and none out. I tried to bunt, and he bunted it back to me up in the air. And I caught it, and then I was, everyone was staying first base, and I kind of turned around. The, the guy, the runner on second was at uh, third base, basically, so I threw it to Stewie, almost a wild throw, but he was tall enough to catch it. And then he whipped it to first base and got a triple play, and that was probably one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of on a baseball field for defensive standpoint i can definitely empathize with you on that throwing thing it might be slow pitch but my teammates can attest to this i can't for the life of me throw to a base first second third you name it how hard was it for you hoping you don't whiff on that toss and lead to something that you see on those misplays segments on tv Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like that's i feel like to i try not to say that to myself because every time i say oh just get it there then you then you throw it in the center field and then you got yourself a big inning to come back against but Mm -hmm. i mean it's tough situation there to go from throwing off a mound and then throwing a flat surface all the way to second so now that you're back home what's kind of the game plan from your standpoint well i gotta self-isolate for another week or so and then trying to see if whatever this virus thing is try to go down to okotoks if i can to obviously train and throw and stuff and hopefully get ready for the summer if it's not canceled if not probably get a job here pretty quick make some money for next year and obviously the plans to go back to college once the all uh, all clear is given yeah yeah i'm gonna go uh back to barton for sure because uh we're getting our red shirts back i believe so far yet so that's definitely my plan for schooling wise how far are you hoping to take this um i'm trying to take this as far as i can i mean getting school paid for at least two, get an education out of as well. But I'm trying to play baseball for the long as I can, obviously not get a crummy job. When you look back on your career to this point, and a lot of people will say, man, he's living the dream, right? Especially from a young player's perspective. If you were to go back to Dogs Academy or that kind of thing and speak to the kids there, what would your main message be to them? Um, I have to say, I mean, take nothing for granted, obviously. I mean, try to be the best you can at the academy and get looks at and try to get extra work in, obviously. I mean, everybody can do the minimum, but that extra work is going to set you higher for the next stage. And final question for you, and and this is a fun one that I've been able to ask a few times and I'm going to continue to ask it now, is what does the game of baseball mean to you? Uh, I think it means my life. I honestly would would not know where I'd be if I did not play baseball. I mean, I've met my lifetime friends here. I've played with people across the globe and met friends across the globe and played baseball in all parts of the U.S. and Canada. I don't know what I'd do without it. Graham, appreciate your time here on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks again to both Scott Gillespie and Graham Bruner for joining us this week. And thanks, as always, to all of you for downloading and listening. Whether you're tuned in on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean, make sure you subscribe as we have a few great episodes being planned in the next few weeks and you don't want to miss any of them. Until next time, thanks again for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.